Anastasia Bolton, nicknamed Stasia, was 19 today. She looked at herself critically in her bedroom mirror, making a face at her lack of beauty. She had a pretty mouth and big, soft brown eyes. Her cheekbones were high, her ears small. She was only medium height, but her figure was perfect. She had elegant long legs, just right for riding horses, which she did, a lot. She'd done barrel racing when she was younger, but art had taken over her leisure hours. She painted beautifully. She was named after a semi-fictional character in a movie her romantic late mother had loved, Anastasia, which starred Yul Brynner and Ingrid Bergman. Her mother had loved the movie and named her only child after the unforgettable heroine. Stasia lived with her father, Glenn Bolton, on a huge beef ranch in Brantville, Texas. Her last living grandparents, her dad's parents, had died of a deadly virus the summer before her graduation from high school. Her mother had died tragically when Stasia was only 13. There was no other family left, just Stasia and Dad. They were close. Glenn Bolton was only 50 years old, but he had a very bad heart, and he was in the final stages of heart failure. It was treatable, but he hadn't shared that knowledge with Stasia. He was terrified of the open-heart surgery treatment would require. He and the doctor had spoken privately the week before, and afterward, Glenn had been quieter than usual, and he'd contacted his attorney. That had been a private conversation as well. Stasia worried about what was being discussed. She didn't want to think about what her life would be like without him. She had no family except him. Well, there were the Everett's, who lived next door to her father's ranch on their own enormous ranch, the Big Spur. They were sort of like family, after all, since Stasia had known them all her life. Cole Everett and his youngest son, John, were frequent visitors. Glenn had the only groundwater suitable for ranching in the small community of Brantville, Texas. A river ran like a silver ribbon through his entire property, so he wasn't dependent on wells for watering his cattle, as other ranchers were. He approved of Cole and John. He wanted more than anything to see his daughter settled with one of the Everett sons, but she was only in love with one of them, with Tanner, the eldest, who was the cookie-cutter design of the spoiled rich kid. Cole hadn't spoiled Tanner. That had been his wife, Heather, a former singing star and current songwriter. Their firstborn had been the light of her life. He was 25 now, a strong, incredibly handsome young man with dark hair and pale blue eyes almost silver like his father's, and a Hollywood sort of physique. He liked variety in his women. But for the past year, he'd had a girlfriend who enjoyed the jet-setting lifestyle that he favored. Cole had given Tanner a Santa Gertrudis stud ranch that he'd bought when the owner went into a nursing home, hoping to settle down his wild son. It was a good property, adjoining his and the Bolton properties. But the water situation there was dire. There had been drought in the past year, and they'd had to drill wells to get enough water just to keep the livestock watered. The Bolton place had a river running through it, 
and many small streams that ran over into the Everett's holdings. However, that water didn't belong to them, so they were unable to divert it for any agricultural purposes. For a long time, Cole had toyed with the idea of a merger with Glenn Bolton, but Glenn wouldn't hear of it. He found all sorts of reasons for his stubborn attitude. Cole saw right through him. Stasia was still living at home, and she was in love with Tanner. The fly in the ointment was that Tanner didn't like Stasia. He liked experienced, sophisticated women like Julianne Harper, his girlfriend. Tanner could have made an empire out of the ranch Cole had given him, but he wasn't home enough. He and Julianne were always on the go somewhere, skiing in Colorado, parties on somebody's yacht off Monaco, summers in Nice, and so it went. Stasia knew about Julianne. Everybody in Branfield did. It was a small community where gossip flourished. It was mostly kind gossip, because the people who lived there had known each other's families for generations. Tanner was one of them. But Julienne, who was sarcastic and condescending, was an outsider. A city woman who'd alienated just about everyone she came into contact with. Tanner had a couple, Juan and Minnie Martinez, who ran the house and managed the ranch for him while he played around the world. They just threatened to quit because of Julienne's last visit to Tanner's ranch. Cole had played peacemaker. The Martinez's were good at ranch management, and somebody had to keep the place going. Cole despaired of Tanner ever settling down to real work. He'd always had everything he wanted. Cole, who adored his wife of 25 years, hadn't had the heart to make her stop coddling Tanner. While there had still been time to knock some of the selfishness and snobby attitude out of him. Now, it was too late. Stasia came into the living room where the men were talking, with a tray of coffee and sliced pound cake. All three men stood up, an ancient custom in rural areas that still had the power to make her feel important. Her generation cared less about such things as a rule, but Stasia was a throwback. Glenn had raised her the way his parents had raised him. She'd absorbed those conservative attitudes on the way of the modern world. She hated it. She hated it most because Tanner liked women who belonged to that sophisticated crowd. John Everett looked like his mother, Heather, in coloring at least. He was big and blonde and drop-dead handsome, with his father's silver eyes. His young sister, Odalie, also looked like Heather, with pale blue eyes and blonde hair. Tanner was the one who most resembled Cole, who was tall and still handsome. Tanner had the same thick, dark hair, but with pale blue eyes that just missed being the silver of his father's. John went forward and took the heavy tray from her. He grinned. I love cake. She laughed, a soft, breathy sound. I know. She smiled at him with warm affection. He was like a cuddly big brother to her. He knew that, and hid his disappointment. How's the art going? Cole asked with a smile. I sold a painting, she exclaimed happily. 
there was a man passing through from someplace back east, and he saw the landscape I painted in the local art shop. He said it was far too cheap for something that lovely, so he gave Mr. Dill, the owner, three times my asking price. I was just astonished. You paint beautifully, John said, his eyes brimming with love that she tried not to see. He indicated the landscapes on the walls of the Bolton home. One with running horses and a thunderstorm was entrancing. Thanks, she said, flushing a little. Mr. Dill said the man looked Italian. He was big and muscular, and he had these two other big guys with him. He was passing through on the way to San Antonio on business. Sounds ominous, John teased. She laughed as she poured coffee all around and offered cake on saucers with sparkling clean forks. He told Mr. Dill I should be selling those paintings up in New Jersey, where he was from, or even New York City, where he owned an art gallery and museum. He said he was going to talk to some people about me. He even took down Mr. Dill's number so he could get in touch. She sighed. It was probably just one of those offhand remarks people make and then forget, but it was nice of him to say so. You really do have the talent, Stasia, Cole told her. It would be nice if he could put you in touch with some people in the art world back east. If that's what you want to do with your life, he added gently. She smiled at him. I like to paint, she grimaced. I'd like to marry and have a family, though. No reason you couldn't do both, John said. And if you had to fly back east to talk to people, well... We have a share in a corporate jet, you know. You could let us know when you had business there, and I could go with you. She smiled sedately. Thanks, John, but it's early days yet. How's Tana? Glenn asked. Cole's light eyes grew glittery. Off on another trip. To Italy this time. My daughter's studying opera in Rome. He thought he'd stop by and see her on the way to Greece. Odalie has a beautiful voice, Stasia replied, hiding disappointment. She'd hoped Tanner might show up with his brother and father. Does she want to sing at the Met eventually? She does, Cole replied. He drew in a long breath and sipped coffee. I'll hate having her so far from home, but you have to let kids grow up. He glanced at John with affection. At least this one doesn't have itchy feet yet. I'm a homebody, John said easily. I love cattle. I love ranching. I don't want to leave home, he added with a covert glance at Stasia. Good thing, Cole chuckled. I have to leave the ranch to somebody when I'm gone. You're not going anywhere for years, Glenn shouted. The Everett's are a long-lived bunch. Your grandfather lived to be 90. Yes, but my father died before he was 60, and my mother died before I married Heather, Cole replied. His face tautened as he relived those days, when a lie split him apart from Heather, whom he'd loved with all his heart. It had been a torment, those months apart, before he discovered that a jealous rival had told him lies about Heather's parentage, and made it sound as if he and Heather were actually related they weren't, but it was heartbreaking just to think it. 
Heather had been singing in nightclubs in those days. Cole had been cruel to her because her feelings for him were all too visible, and he thought nothing could ever be allowed to happen between them. When he found out the truth, Heather had already backed out of his life. It had taken a long time to win her back. He glanced at Stasia. She reminded him of Heather and her youth. She wasn't as beautiful as his wife, but she was sweet and gentle, and she'd make someone a good wife and mother. He knew that it wasn't going to be Tanner. The boy had mentioned weeks ago that he hated having to talk to her father at all, because Stasia would sit and stare at him as if he were a tub of kittens needing a home. He found her juvenile and dull. John, on the other hand, adored her. Cole grimaced as he processed the thought, because Stasia so obviously thought of John as the brotherly type. Now about what I mentioned on the phone, Cole began as he finished his coffee and put it and the cup and saucer back on the tray. I know what you're going to say, Glenn broke in with a smile, but I'll never give you permission to damn the streams. Cole sighed. Only one stream, the one nearest my south pasture. The cattle are going to suffer for that decision, he told the older man. We've drilled every well we can. I know that, Glenn told him. I've got things in motion that will solve your problem. Don't bother asking. Won't tell, he chuckled. But you're worrying over something that's already fixed. Just a matter of time. Short time at that, he added with a faraway look in his eyes. Cole started to argue, realized it would do no good, and just shrugged good-naturedly. Okay, I'll rely on your conscience. Good place to put trust, since I do have one, Glenn replied. He scowled. That boy of yours got himself into hot water in France, they say. It was on the front page of the tabloid those Lombard people back east publish. It wasn't Tanner who started the trouble, Cole replied curtly. It was his companion, Julian Harper. She started a row in a high-ticket French restaurant with another woman, and her companion started cursing and threw a punch at Tanner when he intervened. Tanner had some explaining to do. He glanced at Glenn. This time I didn't interfere, and I wouldn't let Heather do it either. The boy's gotta grow up and take responsibility for his own actions. 